I got up this morning and drove in and I had no idea how it would feel um, this day right now. And uh, uh, I just don't think I could have predicted it, but I'll tell you what, what has just gone through my head, a couple things. One is I get to preach the Bible this morning at Hillcrest Covenant Church. And I have loved that, uh, that honor of being able to to do that, to take a book that is just so remarkable and to stand out uh, powerful and get to be a part of a church family listening to what God has to say. And I get to do it this morning. And then one of my favorite things of being in this room is just being in the back uh, watching you worship and praying for you and praying for us and, and realizing, oh, this is such a precious family. Uh, I am so grateful to be able to be here with you this morning. And it is that the theme is really a theme for us of transition and change. And there are challenges that come along with it. But I just want to remind us that this book is filled um, not so much with principles and, and, and this is what we ought to do and lists of things we better watch out for and we better make sure we do. It's a book of stories. It's a book of people living life in the midst of circumstances and finding out the character of God and the character of themselves. Uh, we don't walk out of here with a list of to-dos. We walk out of here with realizations about what God is like. And it's a Christian life. That's what it is. Welcome to the Christian life. People will come into my office and they'll say, what should I do? And my answer often is, I don't know. But God does, and it's a life. Live it and experience the presence of God in the midst of it. Not do A, B, and C, but walk into a life that God has called you to live and find joy in it and discover things in it that God is saying to you uniquely that will guide you and impact what God gives you to do in the world and the ways you get to bring glory to God in it. Live the Christian life. But one of the other characteristics of all of the stories in this book is that they're almost universally filled with challenge, change, and setbacks, and difficulties. With all sorts of transition, it seems like every story is a gripping story because there's something difficult about it. And we know that this is true. An individual's character is most clearly revealed in times of challenge. It just is. It's the challenge that reveals the character of who we are. And so that's where we are this morning. Every single one of us, we're walking into change. It's going to be different. For those of us that are part of Hillcrest, we've got a sense of the context of that. If you're visiting here for the first time, You've got it ahead of you, too. There's challenge and there's change along the way. And in the midst of that challenge, the character of your life is revealed. That's just the way things happen. I'm encouraged by what Hillcrest is walking into. Last yesterday morning, the leaders, leaders in the church that you've been praying for and put in those positions of leadership, uh, got together and just praying for God, what do you have next for us? What, what is there ahead for us? And 
I'm just so grateful for the leadership that God has given this church and the ministry leaders and staff people that you have in this place. There's a sense of asking the question, God, what do you have for us next? What does it look like? What will we be like as a congregation? In the same time, the leaders are asking, what will the church look like? And the ministry leaders are like, what will we be like as a church? We all need to ask that question. What will I look like? What will come out of? What will spill out? What's the character of my life that will be revealed to me in this moment of challenge and change? This is true for me. This is true for our family. This is true for you. This is true for Hillcrest. Who will we be? But there's another question about, that goes with that. Is who do we want to be? You know, I said to you, when I grow up, I want to be like Gerald Jacobson. Um, and, and the character of Gerald was displayed in the power of his life. And uh, I want to be like him when I grow up. Well, in moments of challenge and difficulty, I get to be shaped in ways that perhaps I might get to be like him by God's grace along the way. So this morning we're asking this question, what, will, what is our opportunity here? What will it look like for us? High school students, cool to have you here. That's really just kind of cool. You guys all walking in in middle school. Thanks. That's really great. Um, we actually even see what happens with character in the midst of the Olympics. If you, did you see the Olympics last night? Do you see that young lady who swam and she was obliterated by this person who broke the record by seconds actually? She got out of the pool with second place and she had this huge grin on her face and she just said, I just loved swimming. <laughs> It was so much fun to be out there in the pool. She didn't win, but you see the character of her life in the midst of the challenge in front of her. And beyond that, do you remember that young athlete who was running in a race on the track and field event and he stumbled and fell, hurt something, and his dad came along and walked him across the finish line together? And just the power of that, you see the character of a person's life in the midst of crisis in the midst of the challenges that come along the way. And Jesse Owens, the story of him and his, his strength and his, his boldness to run the race of his life in front of Hitler and the forces of people who just wanted to diminish him in any way they possibly could. There you see the character of a person's life. It is always true that challenges reveal the character of who we are. They also reveal the character of what God is like. We see what God is like most clearly revealed in crisis. And that's what the book of Daniel tells us about, actually. It starts out with a group of people that are in crisis, and they need God to show up. And when God shows up, they see what he's like in the midst of it. And so here's the other part of it. We have a God that we can learn what his character is like. And if we know what his character is like, we can then determine what our life will be like. His character, who he is, determines or ought to determine who we can be. Not because he's just simply a model for us, but because God in his power comes into our life and lives his character out in such a way that we can be those people that we grow up wanting to be. And so we would look at the story of Daniel and 
this book, we see the character of God displayed. And we talked about this the first week we got together, actually. The overarching theme of the book of Daniel is this. In spite of present circumstances, God is in control and he will win the day. That's the overarching theme of the book of Daniel. In spite of present circumstances, God is in control and he will win the day. And there are two really remarkable parts of this book, Daniel. The first are the first six chapters and then the story of Daniel and his friends and the stories and the events and the circumstances around it. And in the midst of the stories of life, God is always there right in the middle of it. We shouldn't be surprised by that. He is God with us, Emmanuel, right? That's his name. God is with us. So in spite of the present circumstances, he's in control, he's here, and he will win the day. And in story after story, the first six chapters of the book of Daniel, we see there he was, there he was. And so we're able to say, even in our lives, there he is, there he is, he is God with us. But then in chapter seven and following, we see these incredible prophetic pronouncements and dreams and pictures that show us not only that God is with us, but that God is almighty and powerful. He is a majestic God who actually can exercise control over all of the circumstances of life. And the first section is about stories of God's people experiencing the presence of God. The second half is about descriptions of God's wonder and his power available to us because he works in the world. He is not only Emmanuel, God with us, he is El Shaddai, God, Lord, Most High. That is who he is. And if he is with us, and if he is mighty to save, we can live with hope. That's the theme of the book of Daniel. We even see it in this closing section where there's all of this prophetic direction as far as showing the character of God and his mighty his, his might and his, and, and his values and his strength and his intentions. And we get to the end of it in Daniel chapter 12, and Daniel gets to be witness to two angels having a conversation with each other. And one of the angels asks the others, so when is this going to happen? When is it going to happen? The angel doesn't even know when it's going to happen. When will all of this take place? And the other angel gives him some information along the way, but it's nothing that helps a person know times, dates, places. In fact, there's some confusion about it. There's 1,290 days, and then there's 1,335 days, and that's in the ballpark of three and a half years, and that seems to be significant, and theologians have wrestled with that. But then the end of it, do you know what we notice there? We notice that the angel asks another angel because he doesn't know, and in the end it says, Daniel didn't understand what happened, what would happen next. This is Daniel. Daniel's the person who interprets the dreams of the kings. I mean, Daniel is the one who knows these things or should know these things. And even Daniel doesn't understand what's going to happen next. That's what it says in the text. Daniel doesn't understand. But this is what he knows. He knows God is mighty to save. And he knows that God will save. And at the end of all of this, that's the truth that we hang on to. I don't know when. But I know who. And I know what. And that's where hope is found. Not in knowing when, but knowing a God who alone knows and wants to let us know this. There will be an end. I will sit on my throne. I am mighty to save. In fact, in Daniel chapter 2, 
Do you remember we saw that picture of this, this magnificent uh, image of all of these different nations and a rock unhewn by human hands crushes the image and grows into a mountain that fills the earth. And as Daniel pronounces, it prophesies about, the, it explains that, he says, let me tell you about that rock that grows and fills the whole world. That is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. God's kingdom will expand and God's kingdom will take over the whole world. When? No, 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 no. What? And who? That's where our hope is found, in a God who is mighty to save. In spite of present circumstances, there is a God who rules and will reign. So what does that mean for us? What's the takeaway for us? So the challenge for us, the, the, the encouragement for us found here in the book of Daniel is this, to live with hope, to live with hope. So what does it mean for us as a church family? What does it mean for me? What does it mean for my family? Well, there are three things that I would just like to focus on that we've actually seen in God's word here. In fact, it's in the very last verse of Daniel, the book of Daniel, the reality of a God who will give us our allotted inheritance one day. What is that inheritance? The privilege of standing with people from all of the nations of the world giving praise to God is the one who alone is worthy of our praise. That's our inheritance. We get to know the glory of God in such a way that it fills heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we praise God knowing him fully and experiencing him richly. That's our allotted inheritance. You will receive that. But while we wait, what does it look like to live? And it says this, go your way until the end. Well, the way has been described in the story of Daniel and his friends' lives. There are three pieces of this that I want to encourage you with because I need to be encouraged by them. The first is this, to find strength in each other. This was Daniel and his friends. Daniel was never there alone. Even in the midst of a crisis, he goes to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Today they pray. Together they pray. Together they ask God for help along the way. This, this Christian life, it was never intended to be lived alone. God gave gifts and strengths, perspectives, stories in life to the body of Christ. And we do it together because we need to. Find strength in each other. Go back to your small group, to the people at Hillcrest that you're close with and you're connected with, and ask this question, what are we going to do to strengthen each other in this next season? What does it look like? What do we need to remind each other of? What are our vulnerabilities? How will we hold each other up and encourage each other along the way? Find strength in each other. Ask the questions, what is God up to? And discern the answers to it enough to move forward with the next thing that he calls you into. And then the second part of this is this, to be unswayed by circumstances as they occur. There'll be plenty of circumstances. I mean, we're already wondering what's going to happen next. But the model that we see of Daniel and his friends here is not to let that determine what they do other than to faithfully continue to follow God. 
king says to him, guess what? If you don't do, if you don't bow and kneel before the idol, I'm going to throw you into the fiery furnace. And they said, I, I don't know what you'll do. But we're not going to make a decision based on what you're going to do next. We're going to make a decision based on what God is and our hope in him. And so they said, you know, I don't know what God's going to do. He may deliver us or he may not, but know this, there's a God in heaven. And we will follow him to the end, unswayed by human circumstances. I mean, what's it going to look like when you open up your daytime or tomorrow morning and it says on your agenda, the lion's den. <laughs> okay, I guess that's what's happening today, isn't it? But not to let that sway you, your hope. God never said that he would work through the ease of life. He said that he would be present with us in the challenges of life. And so if the lion's den is on the schedule, what do we do? We live with hope. We do what God calls us to do and we keep walking forward. So first of all, to find strength in each other. Secondly, to be unswayed by the circumstances around us. And then the third thing is this, to live with a holy boldness. To live with a holy boldness. We know what God has called us to. We will align our lives with what we know is true. We will give ourselves to what we know matters. And we know what matters. There's plenty that's going to be changing around Hillcrest. Plenty going to be changing in my life. But I know this. I know that God's intentions haven't changed at all. We know this is a church. It's been true since the first days of Hillcrest Covenant Church. What was the vision planted in those that started Hillcrest? To know Christ and to make him known. It's never changed. It's the DNA of this church family. We've adjusted the language, and it's essentially the same thing, to bring every person. There's an active engagement in relationship with others. It's part of making him known. To bring every person to life, new life in Christ, and abundant life in Christ. He is the one, after all, who holds all things together. He is the one who is the beginning and the end. He is the one who must reside in our hearts and be the one through whom we live our life. We know that. So in the midst of all of the changes, this is still true. We will live with a holy boldness focused on what we know is true for us as we move forward. And so Daniel says here, as for you, go your way till the end, and then you'll rest. Now, go your way till the end. Your inheritance is sure. Your call is clear. Live it out. I want to tell one more mom story. Is that okay before I'm done? When my brother, many of you know the story, my brother was a police officer. He was shot through the jaw, uh, C2, C3, completely paralyzed from his neck down. And it, it was just an ordeal for us to figure out what's going to happen next, and we had no clue. But my mom, on one morning, as we were just gathered together, grieving and asking the question, what's going to happen next? My mom just blurted it out. She said, I've, I've seen people that have gone through 
terrible things in their life. And, and in the midst of the difficulty of it, it just creates bitterness and heartache and brokenness in them. And she said, I realized this morning, I will not be a bitter old woman. I will not. She said, here's what happens. People choose bitterness and they swallow it and they live in it only to discover at the end of their life that the God we serve is a God who is a redemptive God. He is always redeeming things. He is always redeeming things. He is always redeeming things. That's what he does. And she says, so, so why wait till the end to see the way he redeems this one? I'm going to live without any of the bitterness and all of the hope that is found in the God whose kingdom will come and his will be, will be done. I will not be a bitter old woman. So here's the reality for you and me. When you wake up tomorrow, there will be hope. There will be. Because ours is a God of hope. The question for us isn't whether there will be hope when we wake up tomorrow morning. The question is whether I will be hopeful. Right? Will I be hopeful? And God gives us every reason to live that way if we invite him in. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you are a God of this kind of grace to us, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would help us in the midst of the circumstances in our life to recognize this reality, that you are always at work, even in the ways we cannot see. And God, give us the grace to live out the hope that you intended to be true of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.